It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We're breaking down the biggest X factor for each team in the AFC and NFC East today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode of Locked On NFL Scouting is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for the parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Joe, happy national. Kyle feels jaded that you did not acknowledge I put our record predictions in the bottom ticker. Oh, on the YouTube channel as of yesterday. Those were on there the entire yesterday? Yes. Wow. You didn't make a single mention of it the entire show. I'm sorry about that. You know? Yeah, and so that took a little bit of work there, typing all that up. It it did. The banner. Pretty pretty comprehensive. Yeah. We we went, we did the live streams on the YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube wherever you're listening for your podcast, but we went game by game courtesy of playoffpredictors.com. The end results, we determined who our playoff field was. And there was a lot of representation in the East divisions. How's that for a segue? Mm -hmm. Uh, With our playoff picks for 2023, we had three teams from the AFC East, and we had, uh, yeah, three teams from the NFC East. So six of the eight teams we picked to go to the playoffs when we did our game-by-game predictions for 2023. Dang. We and just, one of the team, and one of the teams that we picked to not make the playoffs also had a winning record. So <laughs> we're haters, Kyle. We're haters. We're haters. Where do you want to start? AFC, American Football Conference, or National Football Conference? Where do you want to go? Um, I mean, let's start with the AFCs, man. Okay, you want to dive right in? Let's do the thing. The only thing I would say off the top is mm-hmm. for those of you who might have taken the summer off. First of all, no judgment. What? What? No, no judgment, but we do love our everydayers. Um, if you didn't go through the roster assessment series, we spent like two and a half months going through all the teams in the league, watching all their film, putting their every single player into buckets. And the objective here for the X factors is to identify the players that uh, didn't fall into a definitive bucket yet. And Joe probably is going to get cute with one or two of these teams and go off the beaten path and not pick yeah. a player and probably pick right. a coach or something like mm-hmm. that. I'm sure he will. 
I try to pick all players, but there's incomplete evaluations and then there's rookies. And that is by and large the majority of players that we're going to be identifying because they're players that we are readily acknowledging. Either you haven't taken a snap in the league yet, or we don't have enough information to definitively place you in one of the other buckets to quantify how high caliber of a starting player or backup player you are. That's right. I had to get that off my chest. No, I appreciate that. The welcome to those who are here now and are fully aware of what we're about to do here. So well done. And we're starting with the American Football Conference, mm-hmm. which means we have to start with the Bills because they won the East last year. Heard about that. So that there's, there's a courtesy there. And I will extend to you the courtesy of giving you a shot to uh, bat lead off here. All right. Tell, tell us why James Cook. No. <laughs> it's not James Cook. No, it's Terrell Bernard. I think you can make a case for it to be Terrell Bernard. Um I'll tell you what, I'll leave that for you. You can have Terrell Bernard if you want to talk about it. But uh, I'll go with um about Spencer Brown. Spencer Spencer Brown's where I want to go. And and the reason I went with Spencer Brown over Terrell Bernard is I'm gonna go with the offensive lineman playing offensive tackle, protecting Josh Allen. I think that's where um the just it's more important to to be quite frank. Um Spencer Brown's had a tough go so far in the NFL. Two years as the Bills primary starting at, uh right tackle, but it's been a lot of highs and lows and probably a lot more lows than highs. Uh, what's interesting about Spencer Brown is, first of all, he's an elite physical specimen, a, a perfect 10 on his RAS score. This guy has the size and athleticism that you're looking for. But his background to this point hasn't positioned himself well to play consistently good football in the NFL. You know, a guy that played tight end and eight-man football in high school goes to northern Iowa. He plays two seasons of right tackle. Uh, doesn't play his last season because it's canceled due to COVID, gets drafted in the third round by the Bills. By week four, he's their starting right tackle, and it was a bit of a roller coaster as a rookie. And then where you wanted to get excited was hoping to see some growth from year one to year two, and that really didn't happen. And I would say the reason that didn't happen is because he didn't have an offseason. He rehabbed the back surgery his entire offseason between year one and year two it was in jeopardy whether or not he was going to play in week one against the Rams without really practicing at all right no preseason no training camp reps he winds up starting week one and it was a rough go throughout the course of the season I thought he maybe played a little bit better later down the stretch but tough scenario for Spencer Brown to this point him realizing his ceiling in 2023 I think would be a huge huge factor for the Buffalo Bills and shoring up um, the blocking in front of Josh Allen so I'm not going to go Terrell Bernard. I'm going to go, and people probably listening will realize that we've talked quite extensively about the Bills and Dolphins based on our analysis of each <laughs> respective favorite team. Uh, I'm going to talk Dalton Kincaid. Mm. Rookie Dalton Kincaid. First-round pick Dalton Kincaid. Tight end one Dalton Kincaid, at least as far as the tight end drafted in the 2023 NFL draft. Of course, Dawson Knox and his presence here. But you've listened to some of the narrative around what the Bills' expectations are for Dalton Kincaid and what they expect him to offer the team and where they drafted him and what they did and did not do at wide receiver otherwise. This has to be a hit. This has to be a successful investment for the Bills, and ideally it happens now. And because of that, he is my X factor for Buffalo. And obviously he's a bit of an incomplete evaluation because we 
have no proof of concept yet of yeah. him at the NFL level. So that for me is is your number one selection. I like it. I mean, it's a reasonable choice. Uh, what are you at the airport? No, it's you know lawn care companies here just blowing off the uh, the front porch. In their <laughs> defense, up, we don't normally record this. Window early. and stick the leaf blower through the crack. Literally, literally right there. Yes, <laughs> blowing off my front porch, which I appreciate them doing, and just not necessarily when I'm recording a podcast. So. All right, so we're gonna do dolphins next, but Joe, before we do, I think we um, we're gonna take a quick break. Yeah, we are. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do until we talk things through. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I was I was gonna let it go, but then it came back for another whir, and I was like, "All right, we we just gotta acknowledge the elephant in the room with with the, the lawn care." So, <laughs> little humor uh, here at the end of segment one. Now, start of segment two, Joe. We're gonna finish the AFC East. We have three more teams. Uh, the second place finisher in the AFC East in twenty twenty three was the twenty twenty two was the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so, X factors here. Good luck. It's not there's not a lot of players that were categorized as incomplete evaluations that you envision having prominent roles on the team. I'm curious, is this a low hanging fruit? Joe Marino talks about coaching staff here for X Factor. My guy. No, I have a stretch, but it's not that. Okay. Uh can I can I go first? Of course. Yeah, I was expecting mine, you to. Yeah. Mine mine's Cam Smith. Uh, the corner, you could include Cater Kohu if you'd like in here. CB2 on the outside, being somebody other than Jalen Ramsey, allows Jalen Ramsey and Javon Holland to give you this very ambiguous, amorphous, uh, defensive weaponry in the middle of the field that become chess pieces for Vic Fangio. So having somebody, be it Cater Kohu or second-round rookie Cam Smith, who's ready to play outside corner opposite Xavier Howard, is the critical component in my mind for the team realizing what their vision was for this offseason when they made the coaching staff changes and the personnel changes that they did. 
I like the answer. Now, here's the thing, Kyle. I don't think you're going to like what I have to say because it doesn't fit the criteria of what we're supposed to do here. But if I may stretch it a little bit here. My X factor, my X factor is Austin Jackson at right tackle. And I know that we didn't give him an incomplete evaluation, but um, he's a guy that's interesting for me. Um, First round pick has not met expectations to this point. He's had injuries, right. That have been putting it not helpful. Yeah. Yeah, Not helpful for his development, but at the same time, the Dolphins seem pretty committed to allowing him to have his full opportunity to prove himself in, in continuing into this season where I think he's projected to be the starting right tackle, which is yes. for the Miami Dolphins is the blindside protector. Right. And I'm just really fascinated to see how it looks, right. Does he take that step uh, to being at least a functional starter for them at right tackle? I think as you look at the rest of the offensive line, I mean, you got some real pillars here in Armstead, Connor Williams, or Robert Hunt. I'm excited to see Isaiah win at left guard. I think that's going to be a major upgrade and kind of just leaves right tackle. And all the conversation that has existed over the Dolphins, the offensive line over the years, feels pretty fortified to me with one big X factor. And that's Austin Jackson. And if he can realize his ceiling in 2023. Don't even realize the ceiling, right? Just raise the floor. Functional starter, right? right. Just be, be a, a, fun- functional be a functional starter. starter. Yeah. So go from right now. He, we had we have him in the replacement level bucket, and he gave you replacement level play. the The weird thing about Austin is his best stretch of games was like his first eight starts as a rookie. And it's just been musical chairs of offensive mm-hmm. line coaches and musical chairs of schemes and, and guys next to him, right? Like and yeah, and and Robert Hunt was somebody who. They dabbled with him at tackle as a rookie, right? And, and he, at least at the very least, what you can say is there's been one player that they have been hesitant to move off of his spot after his rookie season. It's Robert Hunt. So mm-hmm. Robert Hunt being the pillar there now, hopefully puts him in a position. And Austin obviously had the mental reps last year uh, to be able to fortify his standing and understanding. And now, Okay, you soaked up Teron Armstead's wisdom for another year. Can you apply this these fundamentals and techniques to be a passable starting right tackle? And if you are, it's going to be a huge win for the Dolphins because I think he can be a really good asset in the run game. New England Patriots, Joe. New England Patriots. All right, here's my first uh, real stretch. It's It's this offensive coordinator situation. Mac Jones is entering his third season. And he's entering his third season with a third different offensive coordinator, right? And that's difficult. That's difficult for any quarterback, especially one that was a one-year starter in college, that it was a week one NFL rookie starter, right? And you you just never he's not had the opportunity to settle in with any one offensive coordinator. And now they you feel like you get a competent guy in here and Bill O'Brien, but how quickly can they get on the same page and execute? You know, you've got some some new weapons here, obviously, in the passing game, um, new scheme, and you have some rumblings in New England about um, whether or not, or not they're on the right course, you know, pressure on Bill Belichick, all that type of stuff. I think the success of the New England Patriots is going to be defined by Bill O'Brien's ability to impact this offense and uh, get Mac Jones playing at a higher level and have a cohesive functioning scheme. 
And um, I think that's the biggest thing for New England this year. If I were to name a player, it would be along the same theme that you just provided, and it would be Taekwon Thornton as a second-year player who really has a chance to add a different element. Like, I understand Kendrick Bourne's still here. Kendrick Bourne feels like he's been in and out of the doghouse for, like, what, two years now? Yeah. But these other pass catchers, Hunter Henry, Mike Kosecki, Devontae Parker, Juju Smith, like – constipated offense that's what that sounds like it, to me. it's it there's no separation right guys yeah right so to have a second round pick with blazing speed in taekwon thornton that you very clearly had a vision for that you drafted to be a pass catcher specifically tailored to mac jones if that's going to come together I think that can help with the one-dimensional elements that we're concerned about with the Patriots passing game. And I, I think invoking Bill O'Brien's name here is totally fair because in honesty, Mac Jones and his performance is another candidate to just be quantified as the X factor, but there's a lot of layers that go into that. That's why I come away with Tyquan Thornton. You come away with Bill O'Brien passing game has to be more cohesive period. Yeah. yeah. That's it for new England. The, the uh, GD Jets. Here they are. The gosh darn Jets. All right. Mackay Becton. Brees Hall. Their second and first year pass rushers. Yeah. I think there's some pretty reasonable options here for you. This isn't like a dearth of, of options. And I also think there's a pretty... Um, how should I say this? They have a couple important X factors. I don't think there's any one overwhelming storyline that I think. Go- and then there's a chemistry element with Aaron Rodgers too. Where you want to go, man? I think I think you highlighted the key players. If you wanted to go player route with Mikai Becton at tackle, Brees Hall at running back, you know those guys. Um, there's a lot weighing on on their success this year, but I think chemistry is a good angle to take this but also just like expectations right there, there's expectations on the jets man like they're on hard knocks they got all the primetime games um they traded for aaron Rodgers. not sure if anybody saw that like rich eisen is going off on tangents about how he doesn't know how to handle the expected success that's coming from the new york jets like that's a real thing it's a real thing to to have the vantage point that they have and they quite frankly didn't earn Right, like this team hasn't been successful in a Joe, while. They were they were like oh. eight and three, they were like eight and three or they no, were they seven, seven and two last year. Right, what they finish horrible. Come on, man. But what I'm saying is like they traded for Aaron Rodgers, and because of that came massive expectations. And how do they meet that moment? How do they play from that vantage point? Nobody wants to hear about the Jets that aren't the Jets and their fans. How do they perform under these circumstances? There's a lot of coming together as a football operation um, that we need to see here for them to reach the lofty ceiling that it feels like the the world has placed on them. This is the most grand chemistry experiment in in football this year, right? A lot of combustible elements Mm. that if it it does work, it's going to look really good the question is is it going to work 
And Aaron Rodgers, for the first time in almost two decades, is in a new environment with a new team. Now, he has some familiar faces around him on the coaching staff and with the players. And I think Garrett Wilson is going to be primed for like a massive blow up in production this year. I think their, their chemistry is going to be really good, but there are questions on the offensive line. There's a health question in the running back room right now. There's the timing of the offense. There's the Aaron is one of the more, I think that's why things were so hard at times with the young receivers in green Bay is you got to see it exactly how he sees it. Right. And it's like that for all NFL offenses, but like there we've seen growing pains with Aaron and young players. So I think that's why it's important that as much as we joke about Randall Cobb, the presence of Alan Lazard, I, I think those things are helpful, but it is a chemistry experiment. I think Mekhi Becton has the opportunity to most significantly swing the fortunes of the Jets offense. Of the, of the players, or offense or defense, that we outlined, all of the players that we outlined, I think Mekhi Becton is the single most critical factor. So I will put him as my X factor for a player, but I agree with you that the chemistry for the Jets is the critical question for what this season looks like for them. All right, we have navigated through the AFC East. The NFC East is coming up here after a very, very quick break. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Joseph. Philadelphia Eagles won this division last year. So we're going to start with the Eagles. Philadelphia is a team who you could also take low-hanging fruit. I'm, I'm probably going to take it. And No. I'm going to take this Georgia Bulldogs defensive interior trio Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, and Kobe Dean. That group of first and second year players is going to be playing prominent roles, or at least forecasting to, in this Eagles defense. And with defensive coordinator change, obviously in place, you have Sean Desai coming in, you're expecting a lot of the same ideology, you expect it's going to fit, but the mechanics of it work if that trio of players plays to their potential as two first round picks and a linebacker that had a durability question or a health issue and a size question on top of playing a non-premium position that allowed them to fall to the third round. Kyle, I think opening it up to all three of them makes a lot of sense, but I want to laser in on one guy and his name is Jordan Davis. He's the second year player. Um, I know that Nicobe Dean was as well, but he hardly played as a rookie. Jordan Davis is the is top 15 pick um, that needs to come in here and anchor the middle of this defense. Um, I think it's critical for a number of reasons, but perhaps nothing more important than how much N'Kobe Dean and Davion Taylor and Nicholas Morrow and Sean Bradley, two of those guys are going to be starting at linebacker, 
need him, right? They, I mean, these, those guys are going to be able to play their best football at linebacker if Jordan Davis is doing his thing as an A-gap defender and keeping them clean and allowing them to run free. But also you want that return. You want not just good run-stopping ability from Jordan Davis. You want this freak athlete that like, just literally just the most ridiculous combine anyone's ever seen. You want to see that translate to pass rush in the National Football League. And so they've had to have some turnover here at this this interior defensive line. But Jordan Davis stepping in and being that guy that so many people were excited about because of that physical upside, him being that this year would be huge for this defense to um, be what it was last year and give themselves another run to Super Bowl. Speaking of physical freaks on the defensive line, my X factor for the Dallas Cowboys is first-round pick Mozzie Smith. Because you think about John Hankins at this stage in his career, Neville Gallimore, Oso Digizua, we need a dude to step up to the plate here. And for all of the things that you outlined with Jordan Davis, Mozzie Smith can be all of those same things for Dallas. And he was their first-round selection, and they were worried about whether or not he was going to make it to them. And he did. And if they're going to unlock fully the potential of this Dan Quinn defense, having that element, which really hasn't been there with consistency, I think is a really, really critical component for the Cowboys being a tough out when it comes time for January football. I have a hot take. Okay. I like like hot takes. I like Mozzie Smith more than I do Jordan Davis. That's not a hot take. Sorry. Really? I don't play at the University of Georgia. Like, I would rather have Mozzie Smith than Jordan Davis as well. All right, YouTube, let us know. Let us know who you'd rather have, Mozzie Smith. You're going to open that one up. Yeah, I want to pin Cowboys and Eagles fans against themselves and argue which of these big old athletic nose tackles is the better one. Which one would you rather have? Let's find out. Um, that's a great answer, by the way, for the Dallas Cowboys, Kyle. I, I, um, I'll go different just because I, I want to. But Mozzie Smith, I think, yes, everything's great there. I'm going to go with Damon Clark. Um, I think he's probably their projected starter, right next to Leighton Vanderesk. He played more than we thought he was going to last year, too. Yeah, with a, like an injury to start his career, like a neck injury. Yeah, that caused him to slide all the way to the fifth round. I really like Damon Clark, man. Like I enjoyed watching him at LSU, um, but his ability to t- kind of take a step and really just entrench himself as this guy on the second level would be huge for the defense. I know he's got a lot of leadership qualities um, and it obviously appears healthy and appears to be the guy here for them. And I think just there's some really good offenses and some really good coordinators in the East that he'll be stressed in a lot of different ways. And um, I think him really cementing himself as this starter would be huge for the Dallas defense and obviously a big part of him being able to do that's going to be what happens in front of him. And that's why I thought Mozzie Smith was also a great answer. Okay. Uh, the New York football giants are next. There is, I'm going to call a preemptive timeout. All right. Even a timeout while you have even the floor. Though Incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah, there's two seconds left on the play clock. You're going to you know, don't want to save the five yards. Yeah. You have had a theme pretty consistently throughout doing these divisions. Yeah. You like trench play. 
So I'm just going to throw this out there. And if you like it, you can take it. If not, you can throw it back. There is a correct answer here. Oh, this was the there, easiest there one, one I settled this, on. This is no, yeah, Mozzie's a good answer. So let me give you another. No, there's, there's one answer here for the Giants. Evan Neal. Evan Neal. If you wanted to include all first and second year offensive linemen, I would have accepted that. <laughs> but because you have John Michael Schmidt's projected starter at rookie, who was a second round pick for them. And uh, Josh Izudu uh, as somebody who's competing potentially for a starting spot. Those guys, we got to hit, right? We, we got to see it come together. Because if not, this coaching staff is going to have to try to draw water out of a stone yet again this year. And I mean, they did a phenomenal job of it last year, but to do it two years in a row, man, that's, that's tough sledding. Evan Neal struggled big time last year, man, at right tackle. He was a high pick, right? Like top five, something like top seven. They took, he went in top 10 pick. He he was top eight pick. I just, they picked five and seven. I don't remember what order. Which one was KT and which one was Neal? Neal? I think Neal was seventh. I think so too. I think KT was first because they probably were satisfied with a number of options at tackle. It's probably the case there, but it's a rough go, man. Um, and I feel like the more I remember Evan Neal in Alabama, the more it was just dominating with traits, right? Just bigger, stronger than everyone else, really relying on momentum uh, to roll his hips into guys and just put them on skates and, and bury people. Well, that's mm-hmm. neutralized in the NFL. And I think thought he learned a lot of lessons about that and where it really comes down to technique and set points and getting your feet right and getting your hands right and playing with good leverage and body control, right? And you expect there to be growing pains, but I would have hoped to have seen more in-season growth from Evan Neal last year. And the book is far from written on Evan Neal. And and you can maybe draw some parallels to the guy playing left tackle and Andrew Thomas, who had some struggles early on, has become one of the best tackles in the game. And you're hoping for a similar path here for Evan Neal, but he's got to get going here. Um, in year two and really show some growth. And, um, you know, you certainly want KT and Evan Neal to be foundational players for your roster. I feel real good about KT. I want to see Evan Neal kind of take a big step here this this year. Which just leaves the lowest of low-hanging fruit, the Washington Commanders. A team with an incomplete evaluation, second year, fifth-round pick as your starting quarterback. It's Sam Howell, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I feel somewhat good because Jacoby Brissett's the backup, but man, yeah, you're rolling the dice here on Sam Howell. I like Job Kobe Brissett more than you. This is a, hey, definitely you, you, a, a you love you love all these Dolphins backup quarterbacks. No, no, I only like is, Jacoby Brissett. Chill out with that. You texted me about Teddy Bridgewater yesterday. I was just because he was trying out for the Lions. I'm like, my gosh, this guy was like the most coveted backup quarterback in the league. He poops his pants for the Dolphins last year, and he's an afterthought trying to get a job the day before camp. Yep. I mean, I not for long. It, it's That's what it stands for, not right? for long. But, yeah, I know Sam Howell is obviously a great answer here. I, I, I think that is the right answer. I would also like to bring up this guard situation. I mean, whoa, right? Like, whoa. We're, yep. we're, Sam Cosby, Chris Paul. Chris Paul, actually, I thought when he played last year, I liked his tape, right? Nick, I'm just looking Nick, for the sample set. Nick Gates might get one of those jobs with Stromberg. Oh man, a, a decent investment. I, I'm not. I just want to invoke the name and acknowledge that there's a pretty good chance that Nick Gates ends up being one of the two starting guards for the Washington <laughs> Commanders. 
who who's the Broncos lineman whose name escapes you right now that needs to be signed by some team? Oh, Dalton, Dalton Risner. Get, get him on the phone. What are we doing here? It's going to be like, who was it? Shannon Sharp with the phone on the sideline? Is he calling, calling the National Guard? <laughs> Send help. <laughs> Dalton it, well, he was, no, he was, But when he said it was, we're killing the Patriots, right? That's what he <laughs> <Yeah>. said. <laughs> Great moment. Great sound clip. Oh, that is the high note that we needed to end the East Division X Factors here on Locked On NFL Scouting. We hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. Shout out to our everydayers who are locked in with us on a daily basis because it is your team's every day. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You make it a great rest of your day. We'll be back again tomorrow. Hope to see you then. Peace. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.